makes me feel like I'm a part of something bigger. My favorite business show. Hands down, the best B2B sales and marketing podcast. The ultimate resource for salespeople. George makes me want to conquer local. An authentic entertainer. Conquer Local with Vendasta. Here's George Leaf. This is the Conquer Local podcast, a show about billion-dollar sales leaders, marketers leading local economic growth, and entrepreneurs that have created their dream organizations. They want to share their secrets, giving you the distilled version of their extraordinary feats. Our hope is with the tangible takeaways from each episode, you can rewire, rework, and reimagine your businesses. I'm your host and creator of the show, George Leith, and we're very proud to feature Robert Davis, a longtime Vendasta partner all the way from New Jersey. Robert is the CEO of Core Unlimited. Core stands for Knowledge, Opportunity, and Results. And with 25 years of sales and marketing experience in financial services, Robert brings that rigor to his day-to-day agency operations. Robert provided sophisticated financial solutions to 250-plus high-net-worth individuals and families, also small and medium businesses in his career. Get ready, Conquerors, for one of my favorite Vendasta partners, Robert Davis, is coming up next on this week's episode of the Conquer Local Podcast. My good friend, Robert Davis, joining us on the show today, CEO at Core Unlimited. Robert, great to have you on the podcast. And uh, I can see you because we're recording this and I could see you video-wise. But the last time you and I uh, broke bread was at the Del Coronado at uh, Concord Local, uh, the conference, uh, the last time we were all able to get together. So it's great seeing you and great having you on the show. Uh, absolutely, George. Amazing. And yeah, that was, uh, it was quite a while ago. Uh, I, I really hope that we can get back to that meeting in person, uh, but to actually see you now, it's uh, it's really a breath of fresh air. Good times. Well, it's great having you on the show and core unlimited. Can we core is an acronym and I'm killing acronyms this year, me and Elon Musk. Um, what does it stand for? Great question, you know, and I got to say off the bat, typically what we've been experiencing a lot is, you know, people, they think of core, they say C-O-R-E, you know, I don't really make it a habit of you know, purposely misspelling words to be clever, you know, but there is meaning behind core and core K-O-R is knowledge, opportunity, results. It is the three tenets to which we live by. It's the three tenets which we engage with our, cons- our customers and our clients. Uh, and real simple, we are really big believers that if we can help our clients not only understand what they have in terms of digital marketing, but why they have it, that kind of helps flatten their learning curve. And when you do that, you strengthen and deepen the relationship that they have with us. And then the opportunity itself comes into focus once we have a good grasp of the knowledge part. I remember when you and I first met, we had a a long discussion around your philosophy. Um, And I I recognize right away that you very much care about your customer. You very much care that you're delivering what your promises are. Um, And it's interesting, this idea of knowledge first, then uncovering the opportunity, and then making sure that there's results being your philosophy for the way that you're running the business. How did, how did you arrive at this? Like, is this your first kick at the cat or, you know, how did you get here? Well, I'm a big believer that, you know, how you name your business and your name in general, it truly does matter. And 
you know, without saying too much, it matters because it will be remembered. And we wanted something that we knew that when people start to get a hold of it and really start to gain traction, they were going to remember it. So for us, Core made a lot of sense because it not only spoke to who we are, but also what we do in terms of our process. Getting our clients to understand, again, what they have, why they have it, having those opportunities come into focus, opportunities for where we can direct marketing dollars or reposition a marketing strategy to be something more efficient. Um, and then as long as you're the type of individual, and this is, we, we ask this question of all of uh, our potential customers, as long as you're the type of person that actually you know, takes action, uh, and we understand that people like to you know, take some time to review and, and think about it, but as long as you're the type of individual that takes action, we really believe then that we can deliver favorable results. So we say knowledge meets opportunity meets results, core unlimited. So are you working in any specific niches or what's your ideal customer profile for your organization? Well, you know, we don't have a specific niche because I look at it from this standpoint. If I go back to my, my previous career in financial services, uh, I was a big believer that everyone uh, needs some form of financial services. It's just my job as the advisor to help you identify what those needs are and help move them up a little bit higher on the list of priorities. When it comes to digital marketing, especially local, every business needs some form of marketing, whether it's listings management, reputation, social media engagement, and so on. So for us, we don't really specifically deal with any one particular vertical. Uh, what we do is though, we make sure that each relationship is given the attention upfront so that we can better understand where they are currently, help come up with a plan to devise where they wanna go and help them find the solutions and take the steps to get there. One of the reasons, Robert, that I like asking the niche question is it leads me into how do you prospect then? What is the tactic that you use to prospect to find those new customers for your organization? Excellent. So we actually have four prongs or, or four tracks in which we prospect. The first one and the most robust one is we network, network, network. And what I mean by that is we are affiliated with professional organizations like BNI, local chambers of commerce. Uh, we've affiliated ourselves with uh, our local Department of Business and Economic Development. Uh, we do speaking engagements with professional associations like CPAs, attorneys. Uh, as a matter of fact, we do a lot of speaking engagements with auto dealership groups. Uh, very, very robust groups. Uh, and we also do um, public speaking at local community colleges uh, within specifically their vocational departments. So if they have an automotive department, let's say, we'll come in, we'll speak to the students there because we know that once they're done and they get their certification and they're now launching their businesses, they're going to think of us first because they remember us being there to talk to them about marketing. And secondly, we do what we like to call real-time Google My Business scans and review audits. Uh, some people might call it canvassing. But whenever I'm out, whether I'm having uh, dinner at a restaurant or I'm at a, a, you know, a local business, I'm always on my phone pulling up their local Google My Business listing. Because what I'm looking for, first and foremost, is, is, is whether or not it's, it's claimed. Because uh, that's very important. If it's not claimed, that's an opportunity to have a conversation. And then secondly, I'm looking at their reviews. Not so much for their review score, but I'm looking at are they engaged in their review thread, meaning if they're responding to their client reviews or customer reviews. If they're not, then that's easy for me to step up to the manager or even the owner and ask for permission to take a deeper dive, you know, into their, their business. Robert, I, so I just got to, I've got to dig into this. What you're sure. telling me is you're sitting in a business or you're driving by a business, or you're thinking about going to talk to a business. And just by looking at Google, my business or Google business profile, as they've renamed it this week, um, you're able to figure out whether there's an opportunity with that prospect from that one, that one tactic. Absolutely. All I'm looking for is a, is a means to start a conversation. 
I'm not providing any solutions at that time, but I'm doing something in a way that kind of makes them feel, oh my goodness, you know what? We're overlooking this. And what happens is when I'm looking at their Google My Business listing and if I'm looking at their reviews and I'm seeing that, wow, they have five stars or four stars, what I typically will say is, you know what? I got to tell you, I'm so amazed at your establishment here. We were looking for a place to eat this evening. We came across your location. We saw that you had five-star reviews and we were really blown away. Here's what I do. And I explained them a little bit about Core Limited, but more specifically, I said, I'm noticing that with all of your reviews, no one's responding. No one's saying thank you for that input. No one's saying thank you for that feedback. Or even if the review is unfavorable, no one's engaging with them to say, hey, we appreciate the feedback. We're always constantly striving to do better. Thank you for that. And when you position it that way, the manager, the business owner is always like, you know what? You're right. We need to be on that. And that's when I ask for permission again to take a deeper dive. And what I mean by deeper dive, I'm talking the snapshot report. So when you're talking to that restaurant owner or other customer that you're prospecting, how, how would you define yourself as an agency and, and as an owner of an agency? Like what, what's the reason to believe Robert that, that you use to build that trust? You know, that's, um, it's, it's, it's interesting you, you asked that question, George, because I often find that the, um, the agency owner, especially the newer agency owner, uh, uh, deals with that conundrum almost daily. And that is, you know, how do they position themselves? You know, are you a marketing agency? And, you know, from my experience, when I think about a marketing agency, I think about, you know, a firm that does absolutely everything, soup to nuts. That's, that's industry-specific market research. They, they analyze consumer behavior. Uh, they're able to take a product from its inception phase all the way to go to market. Um, and they have access to all sorts of media platforms, television, radio, print, you know, exhibitions and so on. And that's just not us. You know, we don't have that kind of scope, not yet at least. Uh, so then we have to ask ourselves, if we're not a marketing agency, then are we a purveyor of software? You know, do we, do we resell software solutions that are designed to help local businesses grow their brand, increase revenue? I like to say, yes, we are. But those are really more so the solutions. We have to first find the problem and diagnose the problem. And how do we do that? By positioning ourselves as consultants first. Consultants provide information. Consultants are the guides. Consultants help make sense of what is otherwise a sea of noise when it comes to options that a business owner has to choose from when it comes to marketing vendors. So we are a consulting firm and what we do is we provide information, i.e. knowledge. And that knowledge we guarantee is going to help you define what the opportunities are for growth within your business. Does that sound like something you'd be interested in, Mr. Business Owner? Absolutely. Well, let me get your email address and your telephone number, by the way. I'd like to give you a call. It's an, it's an interesting approach. And I love how it's more of a hybrid approach between the three, because you, you definitely are speaking to them about their sales and marketing. You definitely are providing them with software, but you're doing it in, in a lens that is around the entire outcome of the business, not just one tactic. I remember when we met, one of the things that you and I bonded over is how do you structure a day? And uh, we're, we're digging into that with you today. I got really excited to get you on the show because I know you and I share some common uh, ground on having structure around a day. So how does Robert Davis structure his day? Oh, wow. So for those listening, I know that some would say, well, that's a lot. Well, I, some would say I'm a little bit of a, an OCD you know, personality and that's okay. Uh, but I'm really about doing things with purpose, being delivered in my actions and be able to really track, you know, my activities. So, you know, one of the first things that I do, and this is to everyone out there, I work with four separate color-coded calendars, George. <laughs> I've got a calendar specifically titled Core Unlimited. I've got a calendar for recurring. I've got a calendar for tasks and workflows. And then finally, I have a calendar for personal. 
And the reason why I do this is that it enables me to check off or check or uncheck one of those calendars so I can see very quickly what my week looks like. But more importantly, I first think about when am I available? When do I want to be available to my customers and clients? So I have to ask myself, you know, Core Unlimited right now is open from nine to five, Monday through Thursday, and we're open from nine to three on Fridays. And what I've actually done is I've broken that down into 38 actual hours in which if someone were to call our telephone number, you're going to get an answer on the phone. Now, I'm sure, you know, again, a lot would say that's a lot, uh, but wait, it gets even better. Uh, Because of those 38 hours, George, really, truly only 29 are available for anything having to do with running my business. And the reason why that is because I have, you know, I have to eat. uh, I like to work out. uh, And I have every morning, I have what I like to call a standing appointment with myself to, to discuss what we call, quote unquote, what's on tap for the day. So from 38 down to 29 is what I actually have left for what I like to call activities that drive business. And of those 29 hours, two hours a day, I set aside specifically for admin tasks and operational tasks. And the remaining four hours a day exclusively goes towards revenue generating activities. And what I mean by that is every day, I try to have at least two to three one hour phone calls with a new prospect or existing client. So what I love about this is the level of detail that you bring to your entire day. Like you have virtually every hour mapped out and you're utilizing that time, um, you know, to its best result. What, how is it, you know, when you came up with that concept of I'm going to spend this much time talking to customers every day, was that early in your career? Was this something you learned after a period of time? This came very early in my career. Um, so remember thinking back, you know, I spent almost 20 years in financial services uh, and during that time, when you're dealing in intangibles and when you're dealing with sales of intangibles, you really have to figure out how do you do, how did you have a productive day? You know, we're not typically processing, you know, paperwork that comes in your inbox. And then you look at your outbox into the day, you know, do phone calls count, you know, do contacts count, you know, do actually, you know, you actually getting off a, a pitch, if you will, does that count? So early on, I devised what I called a 25 point system. And what I had to do simply is this. If I were to accumulate 25 points every day, I knew I had a productive day. And those points could be divided up into contacting a lead, actually the contact person on the phone, asking for an order. Uh, even more importantly, asking for a referral was sometimes worth three points. Um, scheduling a new appointment was worth a point. So with a mixture of activities throughout the day, as long as I could accumulate 25 at the end of the day, again, I knew I was productive and I knew I was getting closer and closer towards my overall goals. I love that idea. And and I love the idea of weighting it because all actions are not measured equally or um, lead to that outcome that you're looking for. Some of them are more important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that goes back to, you know, one of the things I, I, I really live by and, and it's some people would say they've, they've heard this kind of uh, methodology before. Uh, I call it the three P's uh, to what I like to call keeping my own sanity. Uh, and that's purpose, process, and payoff. Uh, again, everything that I do, as long as, as it pertains to my business and even my life, I, I do with a sense of purpose, uh, with some modicum of purpose. Uh, in other words, I try to be deliberate in my actions, uh, have meaning behind my choices. Uh, and I always have to ask myself, what is motivating me for this particular action? Uh, some of us have heard the phrase, you know, what's your why? You know, I, I take it a little bit beyond that because uh, it's not just my why. It's, you know, what's the why for the, for the customer, the potential client, or for that matter, anyone that I come in contact with. What's the value proposition that they, that they get out of engaging with me? 
So let's, I want to just unpack these three Ps because I think this is what I've been looking for. Um, and it maybe, okay. maybe it's something that I can put to use as well, because I'm liking what I'm hearing. There's a lot of structure here. I've been struggling with, you know, reaching my goals because I'm all over the place and I'm like, I need to get some more structure. So we've got purpose, being purposeful, figuring out what's motivating, you know, Simon Sinek, finding our why. But then we get into number two in the three Ps, and I believe that it's around process. So let's talk about exactly. what are you doing there in the process stage of this. Now, this is a uh, this is a behavioral you know aspect, and it's something that has to be developed over time. And very simply, document, document, document. Um, the sooner that we can get into the habit or the behavior, if you will, of outlining our steps taken. When I mean by steps taken, I can mean I don't necessarily mean as it pertains to our business. I'm talking about just in our day-to-day lives. Um, think about the first time you learned how to tie your shoelaces. You know, there were steps involved in that process, you know? And then as you got better at those steps, the process became easier. So again, the sooner we can get to the habit of outlining the steps in a particular process, the better it'll be when it comes time for us to create, draft, test, and even finalize the workflows that we all use in our business models. Workflows such as client acquisition models, New, cl- new client onboarding models, uh, existing client advocacy models, and of course, support and service. Um, the one thing I will always stress is that with a process though, it needs to be repeatable, George. Because uh, otherwise, if it's not repeatable, then there's no way for you to really track, engage if it's working. Robert, I got to ask this question before you go on, because I think this is really important for our audience to understand. How many times do you test it to make sure it's repeatable? You know, again, I am, I'm, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. Uh, I cross a lot of T's and dot a lot of I's. Uh, So for me, uh, minimally, I try to run through a process at least five times to make sure that it's not a fluke. Uh, I'm not a, I'm not big on that probabilities. Like if you flip a coin, how many times does it come up heads or tails? I just say five times is a good number for me. But what's really cool, George, and what's really important is that the last piece of this process, it needs to be something that you can teach to the next person. Because if you can't teach it, then you're not gonna be able to scale. You know, you're going to be really limited in your growth. So once I've tested it and then I'm able to teach it to someone and they can pick it up and they're not confused, overwhelmed by it, I know I've got a winner. I'm sitting here on pins and needles on what the third P is and and why it's a part of this uh, algorithm that you've written. So we got purpose, process, and... So the last one, it's payoff. Initially, it was it was value in terms of what's the value proposition but then when I took a step back and, and a 30,000 foot view, I realized I have PPV, which is basically pay-per-view and I'm not selling fights here. So <laughs> I changed it to payoff, right? So, you know, payoff in simply, simple words means, you know, what's the benefit? And like I said, it's not just for you, but for anyone that you come into contact with. You know, how does your purpose, your process for executing on that purpose impact someone else's situation for the better? And my feeling is that when you can articulate that response clearly, then you're truly on the path to distinguishing yourself, you know, from the masses or in our case, masses means competition. Well, basically in the last 16 minutes or so, Robert Davis, the CEO of core and uh, what does core stand for again, Robert? Knowledge, opportunity results, put it like this. I use it in terms of marketing, digital marketing, but actually it can be used in any aspect of life. You know, if there's a passion that you have, there's something that you have an affinity for, there's something you're striving towards. If you go after it with the pursuit of knowledge first to educate yourself, get yourself skilled in that, the opportunities are going to present themselves. As long as you apply yourself and stay committed, they'll deliver yourself results. 
So basically, you just got a recipe of how to build a successful organization with a couple different acronyms that lead to some methodologies that Robert has been embracing for a number of years and finding success with. Robert, we truly appreciate you joining us on the show this week and sharing those learnings with us. And I have always admired the structure that you bring, the rigor that you bring to your business on a day-to-day basis. In fact, I'm envious. I wish I was a little bit more structured. So every time I talk to you, I'm hopefully going to take just a couple of pieces and be a little bit more structured. Maybe get back to me in six months. I'll let you know if people are saying, George, you're a little more structured. And I'll go, that was Robert. But thanks for joining us on the show today and taking some time out of your day-to-day of helping uh, local businesses. And we appreciate your partnership and, and the learnings that you gave to us. Thank you very much, George. It was my pleasure. I have to write a personal thank you letter to Robert because his stories this week are speaking exactly where I am. And that is, I need to get more structure. I need to organize my day better. Like this guy is dialed in. Here's our team's top three takeaways from this episode. How do you position yourself as an agency? And what you must do is to understand the value that you're delivering to your customers and then how to structure your day. Deliberate in your actions purposeful in what you're trying to accomplish. In fact, let's get to his three P's to keeping Robert's sanity. And I'm going to adopt these. The purpose, what motivates you and why. The process, documentation is everything. The sooner you get in the habit of outlining your steps, the sooner it becomes repeatable and teachable. In fact, you get more brain space because you've got everything dialed into a proven workflow. And then the last P is payoff. What's the benefit? Now, not just for you, but for anyone that you come into contact with. If we think about those three Ps, I agree with Robert, you definitely would be a lot more sane and probably a lot more productive. If you liked Robert's episode, be sure to listen the next time you're waiting for coffee, walking the dog, or in the car. Episode 424, Learning from Your Misadventures with my man, Larry Long Jr. Misadventures are bound to happen throughout your life, and it's how you react grow, and help others learn from those experiences. That's what matters. Episode 316, Optimizing the Sales Day from Steve Benson. Steve provides Conqueror's insight into how to optimize their often chaotic and hectic sales days. Or episode 336, Be the Trusted Local Expert from our Master Sales Series, How to Help Your Small and Medium Businesses get back to business by being the trusted local expert. And what does it look like to reopen and how to communicate to the local business community? That's just three of the over 200 episodes we've produced in the last four seasons to help you conquer local. If you found value in this episode, please leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This feedback will help us grow and better adapt to what you want to hear in future episodes. Be sure to subscribe to the Finney Award-winning Conquer Local podcast as we continue to welcome extraordinary sales leaders, marketers, and entrepreneurs. My name is George Leith. I'll see you when I see you. You've been listening to the Conquer Local podcast presented by Vendasta. Guest discovery by Jacob Soley. Marketing by Rory Lawford and Nicole Lozon. Produced by Brett Clarenbach. Executive producers Brendan King, George Leith, and Colleen McGrath. Recorded at Sound Lounge by T-Bone.